Welcome to Kingdom Connection with Pastor Jensen Franklin. What comes to mind when you hear the word covenant? At a minimum, a covenant means a promise. Your subdivision might have a list of covenants you have to abide by when you move into the neighborhood. If you break one of those covenants, you might get a letter in the mail or a fine. But it's not something we take too seriously. A marriage is also a covenant. Now we're getting closer to something that conveys the true depth and meaning of the word. A covenant is more than just a promise. But as we all know, even a marriage covenant can be broken. But God made a covenant with mankind. And unlike any and every promise of man, his covenant can never be broken. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 13, something very, very powerful I've never shared before that I want to share with you today. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, the great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Through the blood of the everlasting covenant. I want to talk to you about the everlasting covenant for a few moments. God first made a covenant of blood with Adam and When he and Eve had sinned, he shed the blood of an animal, covered their nakedness with that skin, but it was also a covenant that he made. He made a covenant with Noah. The rainbow is the sign. It's been kidnapped in our generation, in this society, but the rainbow is a sign God gave Noah as a covenant that he would never, ever abandon the human race. Abraham had a covenant with God. He split animals down the middle and God came as a flame of fire and walked down in Genesis 15, I believe it is, walked down the path of blood and he began to pronounce the blessings on a man named Abraham. Moses made a covenant with God. God made a covenant. But when you come to the book of Hebrews, it's called the everlasting covenant. Why? Because in the New Testament is not where Jesus started the covenant. God had a council with himself before earth was ever formed. And God in the council of heaven with himself said that before the foundation of the earth would be laid, he's the lamb of God that would be slain, the text, the scriptures say, before the foundation of the world, the Lamb of God. God made a covenant with himself and before he made one with Adam, before he made one with Noah, before he made one with Abraham or anybody else, he said, I already have established this thing. It is fixed. I know what 
I know what Adam's going to do. I know what Abraham's going to do. I know David's going to look at that woman and get messed up. It's going to be all kinds of stuff that's going to happen. But my covenant is an everlasting covenant. And I'm not starting it with man. I'm starting it in my own council in heaven. Before the earth is even created and I say, let there be, I'm going to establish he's the Lamb of God. I'm the Lamb of God, God was saying, that will come in human form and shed my blood and establish an everlasting covenant. When God comes to Adam, he was created out of mud from the ground. Adam means mud man. He was literally, God looked in the reflection maybe of a lake and water and saw his own, mirrored his own likeness and image and molded and made Adam in his image. And in Genesis chapter 2, in verse 7, he was just a mud man. He was laying there. There was no life. There was nothing but a mud man. And God breathed into Adam, and Adam became a living soul. That means when God breathed into Adam, that's when the mud man got some blood. This is so important. Question. Where did Adam get his blood from? He had no parents. He had no mother. He had no father. Where did the blood come from? When God breathed into Adam the breath of life, in that breath was God's very blood transferred to Adam. Leviticus chapter 11 says the life of the flesh. Listen to this scientific fact that is in the Word of God before they ever discovered it in medicine. The life of the flesh is in the blood. And the blood that was in Adam, you may have never thought about it like this. That's why Jesus is called the second Adam because the blood that was in Adam was the blood of God. The blood of Jesus was in Adam in his original state. That's why he became a living soul. He was alive to God. He was alive. He was perfect. He was sinless. He was immortal. He was like unto God. He, he had the blood of God in him, in the original way God made him. And he had the breath of God. The blood made Adam's flesh alive. But the breath of God made his soul and his spirit come alive. And so when Adam became a living soul, and then the breath of God is in his blood, Adam and Eve transgress and disobey, fall to sin. But he did not lose his blood. He lost the breath of God on his soul. God said, the day you eat the forbidden fruit, you will surely die. He did not die physically because the blood is what gives the flesh life. But his spirit became dead to God. So when Adam and Eve began to reproduce after their own kind, Cain and Abel are born without the breath of God on their blood. They were born with physical blood, but without 
the spirit and the breath of God, their spirit was dead. So now we begin to see them exhibit that they are not of the nature of God. They are of the nature of Adam. Some 6,000 years after he created Adam, the Holy Spirit now says, I know the first Adam failed, but the time is right. And he finds a virgin girl by the name of Mary. He breathes, the Bible said, and the Holy Spirit came upon her and the power of the Most High overshadowed her. And God breathed into that virgin's system, the breath and the blood of God again on planet earth. She can't, the baby that she's carrying can't have Adam's blood. The the baby that she's carrying can't have Joseph, the father's blood. She's a virgin. She, the, the, the baby that she's carrying cannot have Mary's blood. He's got to have God's breath in his blood. Jesus gets his blood from his father. I'm not talking about hemoglobin. I'm not talking about type A or type B when I talk about the blood. When I talk about pleading the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm not talking about the red material stuff. I'm talking about the blood of Jesus is the breath of God inside of Jesus. Jesus has the same blood God breathed into Adam. Jesus was born alive unto God the moment he took his first breath. And he carried that blood until he became 33 years of age. And then he began to shed that blood. He bled from seven different places of his body. The first time that he shed his blood was in the garden of Gethsemane when his sweat became as drops of blood and dripped off his nose and off his face and wet the ground of that garden. The second time that he shed his blood was when they dragged him from that garden to Caiaphas' house. And there the Bible said they pulled his beard off of his face. The third time that he shed his blood was at Pilate's hall. And Pilate said, I wash my hands of this. He's innocent. I see, I see no fault in him. I see nothing wrong that he's done worthy. But when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he commanded that he be whipped with the cat of nine tails. And the third time that he bled, he bled from his back. The fourth time that Jesus bled, he bled when they crammed the crown of thorns on his head and his head began to bleed. The fifth time that Jesus bled was when they took him to the cross and they stretched his arms out on that cross and they drove the nails through his hands. That blood began to speak and that life began to drip and soak 
the area under the cross in Jerusalem. The sixth time that Jesus shed his blood was when his feet, they pierced his feet and nailed him to that cross and his feet began to bleed. And then lastly, they shoved a spear in his side and henceforth came blood and water and he bled from his side on the cross all the way from the Via Della Rosa beginning down the cobblestone streets of Jerusalem dragging that cross. It was one bloody, bloody, bloody trail that you could see all the way to Calvary, all the way to Golgotha. And here's what I've been trying to get to. Every time he shed his blood in every one of those occasions, he did something for you and he did something for me. Listen, because, because every time his blood began to drip in those seven locations and those seven different places from his body began to bleed the breath of God, the voice of God began to cry out on behalf of you and on behalf of me. It's a powerful thing. And I want to go back for a moment and I want you to see what that blood shed cried out for you and for me. In the Garden of Gethsemane, when his sweat became like drops of blood, it was over an agonizing prayer when he said, not my will, but thine be done. The first time that Jesus shed his blood, it was for the healing of my will. Because my will is not willing and wanting to do his will. My desires are not like his desires. There's nothing natural about my will or my desire being in line with him. But when he shed his blood in that first spot, when his sweat became drops of blood, it was shed so that my will could line up with his will. He shed his blood. We used to, the old timers used to say, so I would have the want to. Here's how you know if you're saved or not. You want to. You want to live for Jesus. You want to draw worship. You want to come to church. You want to be around Christians. You want, you may have all kinds of issues, but you want it. You, if you just want it, that means life has filled you. This good news is you may be all messed up, but if you just want to be saved, if you want to be like Jesus, if you just want it, you got it. And the first time he shed his blood, he shed it to heal my will. Number two, the second time that he shed his blood, notice he shed his blood and bought the healing for my image because his face was torn. He looked like some kind of half-devoured animal. They ripped his beard off and it brought, and it speaks, the blood speaks. The Bible said in Hebrews, the blood of Jesus speaks better things than the blood of Abel. And what is it speaking? It's speaking healing of my will. It's speaking healing of my image. Because 
People are destroying themselves because of the image that they have of themselves. They look in the mirror and they hate themselves because they failed or they made bad choices. And, and, and Jesus said, I'll let my face and my beard be plucked off and the blood will flow from my face to heal your image. And then when they took him to Pilate's hall and they beat his back, he shed his blood for your healing of your body. The prophet Isaiah saw it and he said, but he was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes, we are healed. And when he shed his blood, he shed his blood for healing. God help us to get our faith back. We need to start believing God for signs and wonders and miracles and healings of cancer and healings of deformities and healings of blindness and healings of any and everything because we need more than a head knowledge that God did it then. He wants a people to understand the blood is still speaking healing. The blood and the stripes that Jesus took on his back still says with long life, I will satisfy you and show you myself salvation. I am the Lord, your healer. Everybody clap your hands and praise him for just a moment. Come on, really praise him for the blood. It heals your will. It heals your image. It heals your body. But notice something else. When he shed his blood, when they crammed the crown of thorns on his head, his head began to bleed because that blood from his head bought healing for my mind. So I don't have to live in fear. I don't have to live in depression. I don't have to live in anxiety and panic. I don't have to live in despair and suicidal and hopeless and with mental illness. I today declare boldly that when he took that crown of thorns, which was the symbol of the curse, and he, they shoved it on his head and his head began to bleed, it was the Jesus bled for the healing of your mind, the healing of memories, the healing of scars, the healing of rapes, the healing of abortions, the healing of abusive uh, childhood. The healing was provided for through the blood of Jesus. Clap your hands and praise him. Somebody throw your hands up and thank him with me right now at every campus. There's hope. The fifth time that he nailed, they nailed his hands and he, he bought healing through the nails in his hands and the blood for my work. For my work. He said, I'll bless the work of your hands. Your hands were not made for violence. They were made to heal people. They were made to lift people. And he didn't just put you down here to wait on the rapture, but he wants you to go into places. And he says, 
I shed my blood for you to have success. Not so you'll be a big shot and take all the glory. Be careful. Be careful to give God the glory. But I want you to know that I broke the curse of poverty off of you. I broke the curse of failure off of you. I broke, you have a purpose. God has a place for you. God has a plan for you. God has work for you to do on this earth, an assignment. And he said, my blood is before the throne speaking constantly for the healing of your work. And then they nailed his feet which brings healing for my walk. Don't you ever let anybody tell you you can't live it, you won't last. You know, that Jesus stuff doesn't work. He can heal your walk. He can make you walk uprightly. He can make you walk in honesty and integrity. He can make you walk the walk, not just talk the talk. You can walk it. You can live it. The enemy, the accuser and the cursor will say, he can't live it. He can't live it. But when Jesus shed his blood from his feet, it was to get in your walk so you could say, I'm not sliding back. I'm not going back. I'm not going that direction anymore. He's going to lead me in his path of righteousness for his name's sake. Clap your hands and praise him for the blood that was shed for your walk, the healing of your walk. You don't have to go back to the drug dealer. You don't have to go back to a broken situation. You don't have to go back to darkness and demons and the occult. You can be free today. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but the blood of Jesus can give you a new walk. The blood of Jesus can make you and take you to places you will not believe he has blessed you to go. And when Jesus shed that blood from his side, it was to heal my fellowship with God, the elements of birth, water and blood, pulling out, creating him a bride called the church. And he says, well, I shed my blood to heal your fellowship in your marriage, in your family, with your siblings, with your children, with your grandchildren. His blood is speaking, restore the fellowship. Restore the fellowship in that marriage. Restore the fellowship in that family. Restore the fellowship, the relationship. What are the lessons that we can avoid? Yeah, a, a great quote, um, mentors are shortcuts to success. Mentorship is learning through the pain of another person. There are two ways that people learn through mentors or mistakes. And I'd rather learn through somebody who made the mistake and I can learn through their pain than me make the mistake and go through that hell. Mentoring Moments with Jensen Franklin and Marcus Meekham, now available wherever you get your podcasts. 
Kingdom Connection is a soul-winning ministry that is reaching the world through broadcasting, expanding into new church campuses, and global acts of compassion. By using the technology of today to fulfill the Great Commission, we are able to connect with countless people and reach hundreds of thousands of lives. Our broadcast connects with people like you all around the world with messages that speak to them. Our ministry exists to help build a connection for strengthening your faith and living out your God-given purpose. And our missions and relief work help connect you to desperate situations, showing the love of Christ through global acts of compassion. We feel the time is right and God is leading us to grow, and that only happens when you partner with us through Connection Partnership. With as little as a dollar a day, you'll be helping us reach further than we've ever been before. To become a part of this ministry and enjoy exclusive partner benefits, visit us online at jensenfranklin.org. Hope starts with you. Together, we can do something incredible for the kingdom of God. Your support helps us preach the gospel to over 200 nations around the globe, produce inspirational resources, and continue support for outreach projects. All donations received through a campaign are subject to redirection at the discretion of the organization.